All right. Hi, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Ann. And this is John John and Ann's Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Okay. We did it. We did it. We're back, everybody. We have a new... We're back, um, and you have no idea how hard it was to get... I made us restart recording because I heard a noise and got distracted, and that was an hour and a half ago. Uh, We're trying our best here. We're doing our best. We have a new backdrop because we thought this might be a fun little fireside chat. Let's just start with the guy that we need to talk about, Mr. CM Punk, Charles Montgomery Punk, whatever his name is. uh, Phil. Philip. Seymour Punk, Philip Jack Brooks, Mr. Pepsi Man. I want you know what's funny as I I feel like he doesn't even drink Pepsi that much anymore. I think he just liked Pepsi at the time and thought it was a fun parody of like a a beer logo or something. I mean I don't even dislike the Pepsi tattoo to be honest. I actually think it's a fun little tattoo and it's a cool symbol mm-hmm. and it looks cool and it's fun and that's what we always thought of CM Punk was that he was like a fun guy. He loved he loved to have fun. No, he just like he was very sarcastic. Seemed like you know part of a new generation. He was you know he was he was funny. He liked pop culture stuff. He seemed like you know a friend that you would hang out with. He was a curmudgeon. A lot of people had CM Punk was an asshole the first time I met him. Stories, and that was fine. But it's like you know people can be curmudgeons, and it's like, and it's fine. And I do think that that probably was. His character, like his personal character, for a very long time. Yes. Just to preface all this, I understand, like, I don't know him personally. Uh, it seems to me like he probably had some family issues for a long time, uh, you know, growing up. A lot of trust issues. Probably got bullied a lot, it sounds like, from just, this is just from hearing him talk about this stuff. Um, probably got bullied a lot and had to like, or, you know, I mean, I've been bullied a lot in my life and it's like, it can turn you into a person that has trust issues. And some people take the path of being like extra aggressive because you're like, I got to defend myself from bullies and I have to believe in myself really hard Yeah, because other people try to tear you down or whatever. And I mean, not to denigrate his experience, but being bullied is so rare. Yeah. It's like so nobody, rare. he's the only guy who's ever been bullied. Um, nobody was bullied in yeah. high school. But who, who was you know you know not the, us the, we're jocks the number one thing we i are kind jocks. of i kind of like roll my eyes at with celebrities of any stripe is when they're like i was bullied in high school because it's like okay that's like i'm sorry but like people like megan fox say stuff like that and you're just like who cares <laughs> like, yeah, like, it really honestly, doesn't like matter anymore. my attitude is like okay so was i and i'm not rich or hot i mean well come on I'm kind of rich. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like but it is, it's just so annoying when, when celebrities say that to me. Because I'm is. like, oh, great. Yeah. And, and you're, you're proof that, like, even though you were bullied in high school, you can still grow up to be hot. And I'm proof that even though you were bullied in high school, you can still grow up to be poor. This. <laughs> um, you know, it can still happen to the best of us. You can still grow up to be just a mediocre adult. Who still deals with the effects of bullying into her middle age. We all do. It's just that you don't 
turn it around on other people. And that's no. really what yeah. what it is. We have a cat. She's thriving. She's off camera sleeping oh, right. on a little chair. Part of the reason we didn't record an episode for almost a stone cold month is... A stone cold month. <laughs> is we got a cat. We got a little cat. And we didn't want to freak her out with a huge setup in the apartment. It, but now she's over us and she yeah. knows we're huge nerds and yeah. soft marks. She has watched us watch like 13 hours of wrestling in the last couple of days and she could not have yeah. lost talk more about, for us. Talk about bullying. I feel like this cat is making me think about myself in a, from a perspective I hadn't yet. In that, like, she was adopted by these two people, and she was probably like, oh, cool, two young people Hot in, adults. in New York City. Prime clearly, of their lives. Yeah, clearly I'm going to go to this apartment, and it's going to be wonderful and All glorious. All soirees and champagne parties. Yeah. And, and they'll, a high rise in Manhattan. And I'll have an Instagram with, like, 100,000 followers and all this stuff. And then she gets here, and it's just two soft marks who do a wrestling podcast and watch hours of wrestling every week and don't leave the house. And live in Queens. And live in Queens. I don't think she was expecting to live no, in Queens. She's a very sweet cat. She is. She loves us, but she does know that we're Marks. She, I can she tell. She works us constantly. She works us all the time. That's how she gets so many treats. Um, anyway, back to CM Punk and his horrible uh, bullying uh, victimhood. But it seemed like, you know, he had like, mostly gotten through that and you know, when he was coming up maybe he could be an asshole and, and a little arrogant but yeah it seemed like for the most part he got along with most people he did a great job and it, it did help his character in wrestling because he used that you yeah know? you had a version of cm punk that i never really got to see yeah i mean honestly <laughs> that's what kills me about this whole thing is like that or one of the things that really kills me about this whole thing is that this I, was the cm punk that you saw yeah. And you will never a guy who came in at the top and just took hot dumps on everybody. I mean, and then was like, "What?" And then <laughs> So, it's just crazy because I I've realized that at this can, point can, Well, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah. I I want to say that I had hope that this would all work out right up until he kicked Ryan Nemeth off Collision. I'm wearing my Hollywood hunk shirt that I got for my birthday from this one. And he got it for me because he knows I'm a huge Hollywood hunk mark. Mm-hmm. And the minute I, cause I actually have interviewed Ryan Nemeth. I've spoken mm-hmm. to him personally. And he's a very nice guy. Like he was, he was actually on the SAG after a picket lines. He was on the SAG after picket lines making content. I mean, he's one of the, he like, I've talked to him and I've talked to MJF. And I've talked to Billy Starks. Those are the three wrestlers that I've had conversations with in my life. I kind of have talked to Julia Hart, but there was like a manager there and it was weird. But like he, I would say, was one of the nicer, more personable. Not that the others weren't, but you know what I mean? Like he was just like letters from Billy Starks now. (laughs) No, I loved Billy Starks, Um, but I didn't interview her. I just met her after a show Mm -hmm. and um, I bought merch from her. Uh, so it was a different interaction, mm-hmm. but but Ryan is like a really outgoing, like friendly dude who's clearly like I could tell from my com- my brief interaction with him that like his whole thing is that he like is building a career for himself yeah. and he's interested in people liking him and wanting to 
consume his content like that like it, it's it was the clearest thing in the world to me as a person who has come up around comedians and actors yeah because i was like this i absolutely recognize this is a guy who understands that like being nice to people is how you get ahead in the business and you it just makes your soul feel better honestly. yeah 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 yeah. and he just clearly was a guy who had that in mind of like like being yep. friendly and like you know i think he he even emailed me after our interview to like mm-hmm. you know tell me about his comedy shows and so like you know and it wasn't like it it wasn't in a like glad handy obnoxious way it was just like a hey like would you love know, to stay in touch about stuff i'm doing and i was like that all performers really should be doing right i was like this get... is the one of the friendliest post interview interactions i've ever had with a celebrity you know, yeah maybe and, he was a bully in high school and that's why he's <laughs> You know, and now, now he's, he's really nice. He's comfortable socializing. But yeah. I, I was like, the minute I heard that CM Punk had thrown him off the show, I was like, this is a man who is bent on creating a problem. He is yeah. excited to create a fight because a the s- only way I can imagine someone picking a fight with Ryan Nemeth is if they sought him out and were like, let's fight each other. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I love CM Punk. He was like one of my heroes basically as you know i it seems silly he's not that much older than me to like call somebody like that a hero but he was inspiring to me at a time when i needed some inspiration and we have you know comedy and wrestling are like sort of similar in a lot of ways um especially when you're trying to create a career for yourself and it was like you know the stuff that he was dealing with in wwe felt very similar to some stuff that i was dealing with elsewhere and it was just like you know, and I just loved wrestling, and he was really good and fun to watch. And so it was just great. And then so when he came back to AEW, I was so happy. I made us come home early from a thing we were at yeah, so that I could come back to watch Rampage. And I was, like, tearing up when he came back. I was very happy. You and were. it seemed like he had, you know, he said he came back to professional wrestling because he missed it. You know, when he left WWE, he was, he had the moral high ground. I mean, some of the stuff in hindsight sounds a little bit like he was just being arrogant and they weren't giving him the spotlight, but WWE has been in the past. It's easier to hate on WWE. It is because they more powerful. They have so much power. Yeah. And at the time, especially when he left, you know, the wrestling landscape is very different. It was 2014, early 2014. So we're talking about very close to 10 full years ago, Mm -hmm. very different landscape. WWE was very frustrating to watch. And probably was for, it was basically, I feel like WWE, either like you love working there and it's great and you like love all the people there and you just, you know, or it's like really toxic and hard and soul crushing. And for a guy like him, he didn't fit in there very well. You know what I mean? Like in the backstage stuff. Um, And so when he came back, it was like, great. Now he's got, you know, he's had time to like leave and like cleanse himself. He's done a lot of like acting projects and writing stuff. And he's like, you know he's he's got the wrestling bug back because he's like more you know he's, he misses it and he can go to a company that's like just focused on wrestling and it's like tailor made for him the owner of the company essentially the president the guy who runs it tony khan worships him he loved it because tony khan was like me you know he was yeah. a little wrestling nerd who he's loved ring age. of honor and all this stuff and you know and so he and he loved like ecw and all this stuff and it's just like CM Punk was one of his heroes because any of those guys probably from and Tony Khan is an Illinois boy. You know, he's from Illinois. I don't know if he's from Chicago, but he like identifies heavily, like you said, with Chicago. So he probably identified even more with CM Punk. Um, And so it was like this place was set up for him. And it was just like this is it was almost like 
AEW been, had been building to like getting CM Punk some sort of like vindication. And it was cool to see him back just to like have full creative freedom and he could just do whatever. But I was like, he's not the underdog anymore. And that's something important. He needs to know that while he's performing because now he has basically unlimited power and resources. He can use that in different ways. He can just kind of ignore it, but like just adjust his baby face or he can be a heel, which I never did. And I always wanted him to do this heel where he was like, you know, I'm just lean into what everybody thinks about him, which apparently is what is really going on. You know, I'm the guy that like, everybody should thank me for coming back. I'm the best. Everybody should be lining up outside my locker room door to get advice from me. I only want people, you know I mean? Like, just really leaning into that. Um, and they didn't do that. Granted, you know, there were a lot of hiccups in his run. Um, but it just seemed like it was very exciting when he came back. And I'm not sure. How long was it? It was, he came back in 2021, right? Came back uh, July, I think, 2021. And it was yeah. in the lead up to All Out. Mm-hmm. Which that All Out... 2021 was one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. It was like one of my favorite. It just felt so perfect because mm-hmm. it was like they had been building and they had been doing great shows, but this was just like, oh shit. Yeah. These guys are legit. Like this is here. It was like every match was just basically perfect. CM Punk came back for the first time in seven years and had a great match with Darby Allen. Like he didn't look bad, you know, cause we we're worried cause he hadn't wrestled in so long and he lost his UFC fights. And so we were like, oh, fine. I hope he doesn't, look bad or whatever and it was great and he seemed happy and everybody seemed so happy and -hmm. like brian danielson joined AEW in that show adam cole jumped from wwe to AEW in that show so it was like a big coup essentially and it was so great and it was like the sky is the limit here and you know cut to a one year later (laughs) with I, you know, I don't want to monopolize this. Is there something that you wanted? I don't no, we're just running through the timeline. Uh, yeah, a year later, he um, got in a fight with the EVPs of the company in his locker room. And so, everybody was like, what? So, And we don't necessarily need to rehash that whole thing because we've talked about it on this podcast many times. I know. I basically had full therapy sessions. I think we sessions. started this podcast like around when that happened. I think we started doing the video version of it around then. Because I remember one of the, I feel like one of the first ones where we were doing video, I was like venting about the whole thing. Because it was August. Yeah. 2022. It was a year ago. Exactly a year ago. Uh-huh. It was all out. Um, wow. We've been doing videos for a year. Look at us go. Yeah, and we're great. still fucking it up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> still have an hour and a half long thing since I heard like a toilet seat go down and got distracted. <laughs> um, but they, yeah. So in that time, right? In, th- in that one year. He has some good matches, but there's it always kind of feels like there's something a little off. And this is something I'm realizing in hindsight. A lot of things that I had put blinders on or tried to justify or just write off as like, yeah, he's like a curmudgeon. He's, but I get it. And a lot of the stuff I did get. I understand when some some people just that's the way they are. Yeah. You know, like I can be that way. Sometimes people get mad. You know, like you just, you know, you're like, like you don't want to do something and then you make the right decision later. Like, you know, a lot of fictional characters that I like get annoyed by stuff and then make, you know, better decision or whatever. They, they yeah. can be curmudgeons. And you know, the, he'd had a kind of a rough life, you know, like I think he grew up pretty, you know, pretty in poverty. Like he was, like he had a lot of, there was a lot going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, and when, you know, you'd have like family issues when you're young, that's really can be very difficult. It's hard to like have 
interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Uh, but you're all, you know, when you're in your forties, it's time to, you know, figure out, do I have issues I need to address? Um, and so, and I also think that like being in professional wrestling was a very unhealthy environment for somebody like that. Um, because it's very, it can be very toxic, even with the stuff with Ryan Nemeth you were saying, right? Like he was plugging his stuff and he was very nice and like he's very professional and trying to do that stuff. And it's like, those are good, normal things to do. Yeah. But if you have a, a base that's not great, you can take it too far and you can push yourself too hard yeah. and, and back yourself too hard and dare I say, work yourself into many a shoot. It sounds like what you're describing is the fact that wrestling is a business much like acting or yes. music or anything. Any sort of entertainment thing. Where you thing. constantly, or- you, you need to constantly be selling yourself. You yeah. need to constantly be advocating for yourself. And in wrestling, from what I understand, it's even more ruthless because you'll literally be arguing for why you should be on the show and someone else shouldn't like sometimes that's the political angle that you have to take with the like the way that you and and it's not always seen as a mean thing because it's like just the way the business works is it's your job to get on the show and pitch a storyline that the booker is going to like yeah and that may come at the expense of other people but I think that that's what you're describing is that like there is an attitude backstage of like eat or be eaten in a lot of these promotions that's just unavoidable because of how the industry works and some people can handle that and some people can't some people (laughs) and some people when and it's not bad to not be able to handle it it's just a thing yeah i mean and even if you can handle it to a degree of success like you can handle it in so much that you can obtain your success you might not be able to handle it in that it doesn't kill your soul and eat you alive because then some people can't turn it off and then they just keep doing that, especially if they already had some of those tendencies already. Um, and you know what? Now that we're talking about that angle, like with CM Punk, it felt a little bit to me as an outsider kind of observing this um, that he just never. And I've said this on other episodes before, but he he just it felt like he never let go of the idea that he had to do that. Whereas guys like you watch guys like Jericho or Moxley and the way that they work at the stage they're at in their careers. And I'm sure they do the same thing, but they also recognize that they're draws and they don't have to squash other people. They don't have to like. You're only a draw if everybody else around you is a draw. too. Right. I mean, but it's like, but you know what I mean? Like, like guys like Jericho and Moxley, they'll work with younger people. They'll put guys over, you know, they'll do stuff. Because they are not worried about being replaced. No. or the, the, But it felt like, yeah, if you, from what I was hearing and what I was like seeing and stuff, it felt like CM Punk never let go of the idea that Vince was going to sideline him. I'm just a spoke even though on he the wheel. Even though he didn't work for Vince anymore. Oh, it felt true, like yeah. he was still bringing that energy to it of like, no, I got to fight to stay here and I got to fight other people to like make room for myself. And it's like... Dude, you don't have to do that. <laughs> well, I think also, so there's so much going on. I haven't even really talked about the timeline thing because, yeah. like, psychoanalyzing this is... We're all over the place. S- yeah. Well, it's very <laughs> satisfying for me, too, because I, I, it helps. You know, I don't know. It helps. But I think being in WWE for a while for him was also very bad because we're talking about, we're, you t- we're talking about all this toxic politics and stuff. I can't imagine a worse environment 
because that place, especially for somebody like him who's already like I'm an outsider and all this stuff, like you're never gonna feel comfortable there for the most part. Mm-hmm. You might feel comfortable with like you know he got along with John Cena and all those guys. Like you might feel comfortable in that sense, but like you're always gonna be like I gotta push myself. I'm and I'm not I'm an outcast. You know I can't. Do, and so it's like and you're gonna have to push yourself so hard because it's like you know top level shows like that are gonna be very like it's a big company and it's aggressive it's a very aggressive environment people are not nice a lot of times and it's just can be and you know if you want those spots wwe also is like very fickle with their product uh uh, except for a few people you know what i mean like john cena and roman reigns there's not they're not fickle those people are static and there's nothing pretty much you can do to remove them from the spot that they're in and they just stay there until they can't go anymore uh, or until they piss off, have a weird falling out with Vince or something like that. Um, everyone else is replaceable, and you've seen it. People are, you know, stop and start pushes. They'll end stuff out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, Vince will tear up the script even still. So it's like, it's just a bad environment for most people, I would say. Oh, Also, he's kind of like weirdly in this middle generation of wrestlers, where it's like they grew up on like the eighties guys and they love that. And they kind of like have a, a reverence for all that stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he loves Terry and Terry Funk was not a bad person. Like Terry Funk seemed like he was an angel. Honestly, he was like, but you know, it's like a, an era and forget Terry Funk. Don't even, I don't even know why I said his name. Like, but people that would like, like Hogan's and stuff. And he didn't even like Hulk Hogan, but like there was, it was an aggressive time. It was a toxic time in a lot of ways, and people would fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it was a thing. It's like that old school. It still had that carny. Well, it was thing. It it goes back to what I always complain about with wrestling. Some certain wrestling dudes, and to quote the late great Bray Wyatt, R.I.P. Wyndham and R.I.P. Rotunda. Terry Funk. Yeah, um, some people. He, he. I was watching a video of him at a scrum, and he was saying that some people. For some people, it's a sport. For other people, it's a show. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's a show. And for guys like Bray, I think his point was it's a show. And so yeah. that's why he did so many theatrical, big character stuff. Yeah. And But what you're describing and what always, like, the, 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 the sect of wrestling that I feel like a lot of problems emerge from are the people who, for whom it is a sport. And it needs to be a sport because they're not actors what they're real tough guys they're real toughs and they can fight and the, and you better not mess with them because they're so tough and strong and and they'll beat you up if you say anything else and it's like why would you want to live in that world <laughs> i mean it was also it was a different time because they had to believe that because yeah. they had to yeah i think the truth the older is that guys, like yeah. like terry funk for instance like Meltzer even wrote about this in last week's Wrestler Observer newsletter is that Terry Funk was the kind of guy who's like dad would beat up guys who said wrestling was fake. But then like Terry Funk and Dave Meltzer were good friends, even though Dave Meltzer's whole worldview is this is a show and yeah. I'm grading it. But on Meltzer the- has respect for it. I mean, when Meltzer says it's like, you know, he acknowledges that it's a show, but he has such a reverence for it. It's not like when John Stossel or whatever goes on there and he's like, this is all fake. Right. Yeah. And then sure, that guy should not have smacked him in the ear, but it was like. You know, I, those guys, the reason why they were so psychotic about this stuff was because it was their livelihood and they, they, it, it, there was no world in which it was open that it was, 
you know, a performance. Yeah, they so had to protect the business. They had to protect the business because if they, I like, there were so many promoters that like, if you got into a bar fight, because there were a lot of most of the promotions were local, so it was like if you got into a bar fight in Memphis, and somebody was like, "Hey, that's this guy from Memphis Wrestling," and you got your ass kicked, you were fired because then nobody's gonna pay to see you anymore because they'd be like, "Oh, that guy gets his ass kicked." Why would I want to pay to see this guy? Or this is bullshit, you know? So it's very, you know, and so a lot of these guys are all just jacked up. And also those guys, a lot of those guys were, there was a lot more drugs and stuff and going on. And Steroids stuff. and drugs and things. And so it just wasn't a more aggressive era. And a lot of people like punk probably had a lot of reverence for that. I don't think this is like, you know, a conscious thing that you're doing, but it's like, you know, and he grew, he worked with a lot of those people because he started at that point, you know, uh, you know, in the nineties, late nineties, uh, early two thousands, whatever. You know, and there's some bleed over to that, and he respects oh, those old school guys so much. And I'm not saying all those old school guys that he loved just did that stuff, but it's like you know there were fights, people were yeah. aggressive. You're like I'm, you know, yeah, you're like this thing that you're describing. And I do think that there's truth to it being a show and a sport for people. It's a show that simulates a sport. This is all to say, I think this is where it all flows together to make CM Punk's mindset, which I don't think has been proven to have been a healthy one. So it's hard for me to say these things because I really loved the guy and I still, you know, still love him in a way, you know, but it's like, it's just like when you see somebody crumble under the weight of their own demons, it can be really difficult. All out 2021, right? This dude has now won the world title, uh, broken his foot, Probably was pretty upset about that. Uh, has to relinquish it. Comes back. Everything feels weird when he comes back. I'm hearing he's not getting along with people. And there's all these rumblings of things. And that's leading into All Out. And he works All Out. Wins the title back from Moxley. They have a very good match. I think most of the work that he did was good. Some of the promos were a little weird. Because, again, it's just a little bit of percentage that he wasn't kind of seeming to acknowledge what was reality. He was trying to do his own thing. And it's so weird because he was the guy who talked about reality. He was the guy who shot, you know, he, he was dude shoots, you know? And so for him to like be disconnected seemed weird anyway. So he wins the world title back, has a worse injury. I think he tore his, um, tricep. Yeah, a lot of these outbursts seem to be tied to him injuring himself and yeah. being frustrated about that. Yeah. I which... don't think he deals with frustration well. Yeah. Um, and so he does the all out thing and it's this whole, you know, he shits in the company and everybody calls people assholes and like really being very disrespectful. Cause again, when he does, when he does this stuff in WWE, it's different. He's talking about John Cena. He's talking about Vince McMahon. These are people with like so much power. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he clearly is not them and he's clearly an underdog there. Yeah. And then in AEW, he is the top person. No one in that company, as was evidenced in the last year, had the kind of power and influence and clout and protection that he did, right? So, and anybody else he's talking about, Hangman Adam Page, beloved AEW star, right? Tony loves him. He's been there since day one. Clearly, it doesn't feel good to hear him talking shit about this guy because you know he doesn't have that much power. If push came to shove and there wasn't all the backstage incidents, who would get fired in that situation? Probably Adam Page, which sucks, right? Yeah. And so, but he didn't, you know. Uh, and then so there's the fight with the elite. There's so much ambiguity with this. It's heartbreaking to hear. It really looked bad. It looked like he was instigating a lot of it, but it was there were few, very few witnesses, just a few people in a room. Maybe the Young Bucks came at him too hard. Maybe he misconstrued something and got into a fight. 
crazy night. Seemed like he blew it, but it was like, I don't know. So he's gone for months because he has the tricep injury, so he can't be around anyway. And there's no movement on it. We don't hear rumors. You know, it's like AEW's in this funk they had been building and doing so well, and now they're in this weird funk <clears throat> where they're trying to rebuild after the damage that had been done to their brand. And then after, like, a couple months, one, like, pay-per-view cycle because it's all out was where the Elite won the trios titles. And then at full gear, the next pay-per-view in November, which we went to, which is a great show, they return. Um, so they're back. So it's like they've kind of been vindicated. And literally everybody involved in this thing except CM Punk is back. Uh, and then so Punk, we don't know anything about him. And then there's the rumblings about Collision. You know, this is June now. This is almost a year later. <laughs> And then in June, they start being like, and then they even announced, this is, all of it was so many red flags that I personally put to the side and was like, maybe it'll be okay. Guy, like, I'm ready for him to just go. Like, it sucked, and I was sad about it, but I was like, they're good, they're good again. They hit their stride again. It's probably better for him to just go and just move on and everybody just, whatever. And they're like, maybe he's going to come back. And then I'm like, all right, maybe. And then they're like, he's going to be on collision. And they're going to do like a brand split so that he doesn't have to see the people he doesn't get along with. I'm like, that is such a bad idea. If you have somebody that has to be separate, like if I have a coworker and I have to be on a different floor than them because we will fight, <laughs> that is crazy. And it also and it means that this is not going to work. Yeah. And also, like, my big problem at the time with it was, as I complained about a lot, they couldn't do any storylines with him. Like, there were no, they couldn't build up his return at all because they, they couldn't, like, set up anything. It was and just he like. And they didn't, he wasn't in the, I think the they collision clearly, press release. I think, it, they, I think they very clearly understood at a company level that it was a delicate situation and that any storyline what ran the risk of becoming a shoot at some point. Yeah. Like if they, if they even entice somebody to be like, let's start a feud with CM Punk and so-and-so it's like, <sighs> no, you cannot do that because he will take it too seriously or he will get too like in his head about it. And like, because the only people he like came back with, like from the minute he came back, it was like juice Robinson, Samoa Joe, Darby Allen. Like it was just like this. Jay white. It, people, it was people Ricky that Starks. like felt very safe him to like well yeah joe he's not gonna i mean joe is a guy that like he respects a lot and he's known him forever you know what i mean and also he's like samoa joe, like nobody everybody loves samoa joe he's like legit and he was just bi- doing you know. he was just redoing a thing he'd already done with samoa joe yeah so it was like clear that they were I like mean, oh he cool. can do this because yeah. he's done it before he won't get crazy about it like let's just have i mean this. you would like, hope you know yeah i mean that's there's nobody's bulletproof with him you know, Cole Caban was like a brother to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, from the but I mean, so it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they yeah. probably didn't want to put him in a storyline with someone he hadn't worked with or someone he wasn't, they weren't sure could handle, like, yeah. his mindset. He had never had, like, known issues with Joe. Uh, and it was a good story. I mean, I liked it. You know, it was, it was a callback to those ROH. Like, those ROH matches that they had were, like, classic indie wrestling defining moments. Like, those mm-hmm. helped put Ring of Honor on the map, you know, and make them, like, a big deal. And so... Uh, it made sense, and the matches they had were good. I mean, everything he, when he did when he came back was good, except that initial promo, which was, you know, in hindsight and, was... Uh, like, again, like, uh, you know, I know the match quality wasn't bad, but it's like 
they weren't doing really storylines with him very much. And he didn't have a clear point of view as a character in the show. Because half the audience is booing him. Mm-hmm. Half the audience loves him, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, he doesn't respond to the boos. Like, his response was so inconsistent. Because it would con- he would constantly oscillate between saying things to elicit boos from people. Mm-hmm. Like, saying heel things yeah, that doing a heel, heel says. Things and then switching and wanting to be a face and aligning with faces and fighting other in fighting heels. And so it was a very confusing thing from a narrative standpoint, just as a person who like doesn't have all these connections to CM Punk watching it just as a, as a confusing. Yeah. As a person taking it on face value, I was confused constantly. I was like, am I supposed to cheer for Sam? Like, they want me to cheer for him because I don't want to cheer for him. There's nothing about this man that makes me want to cheer for him. I know. He did not do himself any favors. And when he came back, and it's like, there's a way to do this if he was a heel and just leaning into things. Or, like, I think, you know. He could have been a heel. Like to quote he- To quote Papa Dave, like, he came back, and he didn't learn anything, and he didn't change. Mm-hmm. He never at any point apologized for anything. And that's not even to say it's like... He apologized to Tony, as he said in that Sports Illustrated interview. Sure. I mean, that but we don't see that. But we yeah. don't see that, brother. You know, I don't see you like you... Well, it wasn't It wasn't Tony. It was the fans at that point he needed to make yes, up with. And you, he didn't understand there that. There was a disconnect. Because again, for him, it's a sport. So he was comparing himself to basketball players who'd gotten yes. in fights. He's comparing himself to hockey players. And it's like, dude, you, you're not one of those. That's not what you do. And it's... Yeah, you have to connect with the audience. It's a it is show. A performance. Like, to some people, it's a show. Well, when they had Dennis Rodman on, I was thinking it's like <clears throat> so interesting to watch like an, an athlete show up and, and talk because it's like, yeah, they don't learn how to talk because you just play the sport. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It looks similar to wrestling like, you know, any sport does because it's like a bunch of people gathered around and looking at a field of people doing the sport. And that's anything. I mean, boxing, I guess, is like the you know the most one to one looking thing. But even bas- a basketball game looks like a wrestling show in its design. Yeah. But they just play basketball. They don't. Right. Ha- I mean, some people do like they do interviews and things, and some people are more charismatic or you know better at. More, but in, you know, those, but in, in basketball but it's not or in sports, you learn. also like basketball and other sports, like you win. You win because sure. you're good because of your skills yeah in wrestling that's not how it works yeah and it's those, not a thing where it's like i'm the toughest fighter who can beat everybody up so i'm the world champion that's not why you're the world champion no exactly because it's not real yeah so, so it's, it's like at the end of the day as much as people want it to be a, th- a thing where it's like oh th- this is a sport it's like sure it's athletic and it's you know yeah. it has a, a lot of the hallmarks of a sport <laughs> but that's not it's not about who's the best wrestler no it's, it's about not. i mean you can present that narrative that's a great narrative to present yeah, but on that's the show. Still not what's going to determine yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's but that's just, why athletes can get in fights and stuff and still be like keeping their jobs. Because yeah, because it's like, as long as you can do it on the court, you're delivering yeah. on the court. You know, you had a scuffle backstage. No big deal. But here it's like, you know, we need you to work together and prepare. You know what I mean? And like you're, it's, and you're, other people are putting their lives in your hands. Yeah, as he talked about. Yeah. Because so it's like it's like if he's afraid that Hangman Adam Page is going to shoot on him, think about any other wrestler, like being asked to work with this man. Yeah. Who like maybe doesn't know him super well, or like you know sees that he manages to get mad at guys like Jungle Boy, and you're like, 
well, who's going to want to work with him now? Yeah. And it's like, and we can get into the all in now. Cause well, I've just accidentally set that up. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, even also just a, a quick thing about that is like, if you're worried about somebody else, that means you're also distracted, which means you can also fuck something up and hurt them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. So basically when people were trying to say this <clears throat> there with all the ambiguity with all out and people were like, Oh, it's the people were taking sides, right? The elite or CM Punk. No one was like a bigger CM Punk mark, right? Than me. I loved him. I was like, I don't think this is a side picking situation. Cause a, I never bought this whole thing where they are like conspiring against him. Cause it's like, it's their company. They want you there. They want to draw. They want to make money. They're, nobody's trying to, like, kick you out. The reason that started was because people were worried that he was pushing Colt Cabana out. He said he was not doing that. CM Punk is very good at believing his own narrative. I do not think he is a liar. I don't think he lies about stuff. I don't think he's disingenuous. I just think that his version of reality is different and he can very easily convince himself that whatever his thing is is the correct thing so maybe he never said to tony khan anything right about cole cabana all the stuff that was reported during the collision thing with the ryan nemeth getting kicked out and adam page being moved even if it wasn't his call seems like the cole cabana thing was probably the case right he probably is pushing it out so now they're like upset that this environment is even happening they're upset about their friend colt but they're upset that this is even like happening in their thing so maybe they were upset about it and talking about it but it's not this like conspiracy theory no i think i think it's it's what we were talking about earlier it's two different mindsets on how the business runs and how businesses run in general those guys it is a show the elite those guys are very much performers but it's also like again like we're, we're we're thinking like the people that i've seen on twitter defending him are all people who bring up stuff from 20, 30 years ago about how the business ran. Not only is wrestling different than it was 20 or 30 years ago, the world is different. Like the way, the way workplaces work is different than 20 or 30. Like you're talking about stuff that happened literally a lifetime ago. Like you've got fans in the audience who weren't alive for some of the stuff these people are bringing up. And And talking about those work environments, like those people are retired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Like if you want to bring those guys back, mm. fine. Let's watch a bunch of 70 year olds scuttle around there. You know what I mean? But it's like, this is a different world. It's just time does move on. And as much as there are people who are hanging on to that past and saying like, oh, but it used to be that you could beat up a guy and have him thrown off the show and no one would care because you were the star, you were the draw. And it's it's like like, nobody wants to live in that world anymore, bro. Because that sucked. It sucked. That was bad. It sucked for a lot of people because guess what? It was a lot of people who were like Mm -hmm. women, like this is why, you know, women's wrestling had a really hard time mm-hmm. uh, because there were men who literally wouldn't want to be on the card with a woman. So they would refuse yeah, you know, I mean, to show up if there was a woman on the card. So, like, you know, th- this is the era these people are, like, Harkening you know, back har- to. Uh, dreaming about returning to is the era when big time you know, draw guys could throw their weight around and push other guys around and dictate who was on the show based on their own personal little petty feelings. And the thing is, like, everybody now agrees that that's a crappy way to run any kind of a workplace. It just sucks. It's like we're all in this together. You're not the st- – like, it seemed like the whole time <clears throat> that he was there, he desperately wanted to do this – the thing that he wanted to do in WWE, which was to be John Cena. He wanted the John Cena spot. 
He wanted to be the Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, I know he said he loves Roddy Piper and is a performer. That's clear. But he wanted to be the Hulk Hogan Mm -hmm. because the Hulk Hogan is the guy on top of the card. That doesn't mean Hulk Hogan's the best wrestler or the best performer or the best anything. It just means he's the guy on top of the card. Yeah. So he is he wanted that spot not to necessarily even push people around. He wanted it to prove that he could do it because he wanted to be the best. And he that was like the clearest goal, Um, you know, and it, it seemed like he was just so hell bent on doing that. And he hadn't like, you know, when you're doing stuff like this in any profession, I feel like you have to adjust your goals as you as you climb. You know, what I mean, you might have a specific goal that you want to hit. Yeah. And you may or may not hit that goal, but you have to adjust things like you change over time. And if you don't change, it's probably a bad thing. You have to change. Yeah. Like like you evolve. Everybody evolves. If you're getting injured a lot and the injuries frustrate you this much, maybe you don't need to be wrestling as much as you do. Yeah. You know, if you're. Like, if you're the draw of the company and you're getting this huge wel- warm welcome, maybe you don't need to be fighting for spots and fighting the no. little guys who are up and coming, like, like as though they're a threat to your existence in the company. Like, it's just not... It, it was it's, all beneath him from the beginning. It and the was. Fact that he was yes. The fact that he was so hellbent on, like, exposing some conspiracy against him, it was just... It just made him look Beneath nuts. him is the perfect way to say it. <laughs> It just, it did make him look nuts. It was so unnecessary to do any of this stuff. I've never seen a company more tailor-made for somebody yeah. than him. And he had Tony Khan on his side. The, you know, the, the elite or whatever, the EVPs is one thing. But they, you know, but Tony Khan was the guy. He's the guy who makes the decisions. And he l- worshipped CM Punk. So when I was saying it's like the elite or CM Punk, I was like, I do, I was, I do not think that this matters. If it's not the elite, it's going to be somebody else. Because I don't think that they are the problem. Maybe they were pissy about him or something or well, said some everybody shit. Everybody else in the company like, works with them. Everyone, nobody, there were no nobody else problems. <laughs> there was not, there were only other two fights I've ever heard about. We watched Granted, FTR, FTR wrestle on the same team as them last yeah. night. We, we, I'm not in, like, I'm not there, right? So all this is, could be bullshit, right? The only things I've ever heard about are two people getting into a fight with Sammy Guevara and they were suspended. And that's and then they came back and that's it. That was Eddie Kingston and Andrade. They yeah. came back and everything was fine. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like everybody seemed to be working well there, except for one person. All of the issues were about. If there's a common denominator, it's them. And so, of course, some other shit happens. All the things I was reading, I was like, oh God, no. All of this stuff where he's kicking people out of shows and mm-hmm. like going up to people and trying to and then claiming that these are like stories people are leaking and it's like dude there wouldn't be stories to leak if this stuff wasn't happening and of course jack perry formerly known as jungle boy goes in and cm punk was on commentary on dynamite like two years ago or something saying like if you got a problem with jungle boy chances are you're the problem guess that's like in character or whatever but truly jack perry is a great performer has been been having trouble seeming mean yeah. Because I don't think that he gets mad, really. You and know? now he's going to have a lot of trouble seeming mean, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, feel so bad for this I guy. I feel so bad the way because this went down. He clearly, his whole heel character was him trying to figure out how to be a heel. He's kind of a natural baby face. Yeah. And he just was like trying to figure out how to be a heel. And so he's doing what other people do. You know, he's, he was kind of just taking stuff from other people and trying to do his version of it. So he mm-hmm. was kind of like doing an impression of the heel. He sees a lot of people do this like work shoot thing where it's like, you know, they make mention of it. 
Yeah, and, and he, he probably was really mad about the glass thing. He probably was because he got it cleared and CM Punk wasn't <laughs> and his he boss. Rent, he rented like, a car, which you just know he had to rent yeah. a car on his own credit card and submit for the and he's only reimbursement tw- later. He's only 25. He's only been able to rent a car for a few months. This yeah. Year. He was excited to be able to rent a car finally. I know. Finally. He like, had Without this whole thing Without his mom co-signing going. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and so he, like, and CM and Punk s- had some creative control, but he wasn't his boss. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I fully support that CM Punk was probably right. And that they probably shouldn't use real glass. Goldberg almost died or lost an arm because he punched a car window and got cut up. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably not the hill to die on, but he was, I think just doing it to get heat because he looks cool because other people do it, you know? And he thought, and he's 25. Yeah. CM Punk. I think he's is 26 now. Actually, 26. CM Punk is basically 20 years older than him. Yeah. And so, we are at the biggest show, basically, of all time. By far the biggest show AEW has ever done. And the person who repeatedly said that he's a professional and that everybody else is children, the guy who constantly brings shit up, the guy who loves to shoot, but the second anybody else does it to him, it's you know, it's justified in his mind as being a problem, does this thing... Or, you know, whoever instigated it, whatever. If we believe the neutral source, it was CM Punk. There are other sources that could be of varying I mean, every source agrees CM Punk walked up to him. And said, do we have a problem? That's how it started. I have never seen, I haven't seen any other story that starts any other that's, way. That says Jack Perry walked up to him yeah, and started Jack shoving Perry was, him. Yeah, because Jack Perry had just gotten done wrestling yeah. and was like getting patched up from the glass. Yes, because like, he cut his arm. He was not looking to do another fight. It kind of was very similar to the initial COVID lockdown and the way that it like kept my opinion of it kept changing where it was like, at first it's like, oh man, this is bad. Maybe we'll have to work from home for a couple days. And it's <laughs> like, oh man, this is crazy. We might have to be you know, work from home indefinitely. Oh man, businesses are closing. And then it's like, Oh, I'm not going to go outside anymore. You know? And it's just like, but every day of that week, it felt there was a new normal. Yeah. And I, my brain adjusted to each normal. And in this one, it was like, Oh, they got into a little backstage thing. It's probably fine. Just a pure delusion on my part. And then every day it was like, Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Oh, but he'll probably be back by all. And maybe he'll be back by all that. Maybe he'll miss all that. I'll probably be back by grand slam. And then he gets fired. And, you know, I mean, they had somebody come in. And we find out he gets fired. Uh, Like, I feel like the revelation was like a day before of like him charging at Tony Khan. Yes. And yelling, I quit, I quit. Yeah. And I. After knocking monitors over on Tony Khan. It was this huge thing that turned into like, I think the problem is he always had Tony Khan on his side. And the all out thing was not seen by a ton of people or at least not the beginning of it yeah you know what i mean so it was hard to say like i said there was ambiguity with this happened in front of a ton of people most of them weren't even wrestlers they're just at work yeah just production people at work finally saw just probably how little how little control the man has over himself exactly because like no just doesn't even have any emotional control at all and it's it's like like Vince Russo on Twitter yesterday had a tweet up about how Luna Vachon had charged at him to get to Sunny one time. Yeah. And like he thought she was going to kill him or mm-hmm. whatever. Like he was so scared, whatever. But he was like, you know, that's the kind of thing that would happen. And then it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't get leaked to the mark sheets or whatever. And it's just, 
but here's the thing. That incident that he's describing in that tweet is someone who would later go on to die of a drug overdose. Yeah, Luna. It wasn't yeah. a well person. No, Luna had a lot of mental health issues that shouldn't have been addressed by her employer because, at the end of the day, ignoring that and saying like, "Oh, this is just the business," is exactly the kind of toxic environment that leads to these people dying of drug overdoses yes. a few years later because. This is not the way people act. And especially yeah. if you're a wrestler. Not in 2023 either. Like, I mean, this well, is like. And it, 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 it speaks to, to not have control over your own violence. Yeah. Makes you a danger to society. Like, that's literally yeah. why we put. That's the logic behind putting people in jail is this person can't control their violence. Yeah. That's and true. they're, they're going to hurt somebody. And that's not allowed. And so to defend this as something that's just part of what it is to be a wrestler is nuts. It's nuts. It's so divorced from reality, and it's just plain stupid. Because, again, if you can't control your violence, mm-hmm. you can't control and whether you're, you're going to hurt somebody in the ring. Yeah, you how, can. How, how can you possibly make an argument and say, oh, no, no, I'm not really going to throw this guy on his head because I can control. Like, what if you're mad at him? Yeah. And if I mean, you're it mad does, at him, are you going to take much? Right. Like if he if he makes some stupid comment in the middle of the fight, are you just going to like kill him? Like, like, you know, this is this is we live in a society is what oh, I'm God. trying to say. Wow. We live in a fucking society. It just is. You know, and it doesn't make you tough and cool to be somebody who can't abide by society's it laws. It really makes you the opposite. It makes you very clearly not a person to look up. It to. makes you someone that like it's somebody needs to be dealt with. It's somebody that. You know, you can't. You sh- nobody should ever be referring to themselves as a locker room leader or a leader <laughs> in general. Uh, being a leader is something you just do, and then people are like, "Oh, that guy is a locker room leader." And there are people who are like that in AEW. Um, Samoa and Joe, Samoa Joe, probably Brian Danielson, Chris Samoa Jericho, Joe who had to talk John Moxley, C- Samoa Joe, who had to spend ten minutes talking to talking CM Punk into doing his job. Yes, when he's at work, the professional. Yeah, the, the professional. professional adult. The professional adult had to talk the probably one of the highest paid guys at the company into going oh, the out highest, but for and sure. doing his only job, <laughs> which is to go do a, mess, a wrestling match. And it's like, and he successfully did it to his. He credit. did a great job. They had a great match. Yeah. Um, which, which is I almost also more, have to I assume mean, is just because Joe is uh, a big, talented enough guy that he's not afraid of Punk. You know. Yeah. Like, no, for he, sure. He w- didn't have to worry about Punk accidentally mm. shooting on him or something. No, for sure. Um, if it was Darby Allen, I think we'd be talking. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> Punk likes Darby story. Allen too, but I just I think. No, but if I'm Darby Allen, I'm not yeah. getting in a ring with Punk oh, after yeah, that after, happens. Oh, yeah, I'd true. be like, no, no, no. no. If it wasn't somebody not. that he, if it wasn't a big tough dude who was such a pro that yeah. like was such a veteran and had worked with him so many times and had known him for twenty years, yeah. like, sure. I I want to say one more thing about another thing that really after after the news of his firing was announced, um. I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is a, a sad end to a sad I mean, it si- is sad. situation. Um, but one of the things that made me, again, like, uh, stop feeling sorry for him and go, oh, fuck you, was, I mean, I, was, the, was, was the leak to House of Wrestling, yeah. which is his, like, friend. like Seemingly he, kind <laughs> of his personal. Yeah, seemingly yeah. the leaks from 
CM Punk's camp go to House of Wrestling. And House of Wrestling had a story about how a few days before All In, he was supposed to have a meeting with the Young Bucks and I think Tony Khan and maybe Jericho or somebody. He was supposed to have a meeting with all these guys to bury the hatchet that then got canceled. And then this was presented as a reason he'd been on edge at All In. And there's two reasons that that this pissed me off. One... What an insane thing, like, to get put in a chokehold by a dude, if you're Jungle Boy, yeah. to, to be like, oh, I was put in a chokehold because someone canceled a meeting? My meeting was canceled. <laughs> like, like, it was rescheduled. That, that's more insane. That's more insane. Yeah. Two, he loved Terry Funk. Yeah. He knew Wyndham Rotunda, I assume. I assume he knew him. Yeah, for sure. They worked together. They worked together. Both of those men died yes. days before. This is something that also bothered me a lot. And he doesn't think to say, I was really upset about these two people who were really important to me passing away in the same week, and that's why I was emotional. Instead, he goes to some canceled meeting bullshit. I mean, give me a break. Also, sir, there are people, like, I literally was like, Kim, people are dying. (laughs) Like, you know, like. Also, like, these people, Bray Wyatt died. Beloved man that died at 36 years Horrible old. Horrible week and, for wrestling. And Horrible so, but like, for the world. How the fuck does that not how does make you be like, you know what? Life is very short. Right. Why don't I just chill the fuck out? Yeah, either that or at least after this happens, yeah. be like, oh my God, I'm going through it. Yeah. You know, like, oh my maybe, God, I'm really, I'm, I'm hurting. Maybe that's a sign that you have... No emotional intelligence what, at all. Maybe it's a sign that you have a mental illness. I think too. It's just like that you you like, just have stuff that you need to address. Like it's just it, it just blew my mind that that was the thing he came up with. Like oh, oh they yeah, canceled the they thing. canceled my meeting or oh they messed up my travel from also, the airport. If you're choking out Jungle Boy, you were not ready to bury a hatchet. In order to bury the hatchet, you need to be calm. You need to have reached some level of closure it, about something. John, you're not. S- sorry, go what? ahead. What? Something just occurred to me too. He's talking about this meeting getting canceled a few days before All In. What happened a few days before All In? Oh, Bray Wyatt died. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, n- none of the elite members know him at all, but... No, but I mean, like, you know. if they're having to, like, scramble... Yeah, of course, to, yeah. To, to do, like, if something has happened where they're yeah. having to rearrange bookings yeah. or figure out what they're going to do for this, I mean... It goes back to what I was. Oh talking. yeah, that's true. Because a lot of people did know him, and maybe were like, "Yo, I got, I can't be in the show." Yeah, tonight. like, you know, yeah. like, uh, uh, not even just to say they probably had other things to do the week before the biggest yeah. show they've ever done. It's a very selfish. Uh, literally, it's just the most selfish point of view I've ever heard. Like, I can't even get my head around how self-centered you have to be to think, "Oh, they canceled my meeting the week before the biggest show they've ever done." Yeah, the week exactly. when two wrestling legends passed away like unexpectedly for most people and like it was just uh, yeah and the biggest show it's like all in is about to happen yeah these people died like all in is about to happen there's other shit going on the clearest evidence that this man has no sense that there's a bigger world than him and it's just like clearly it's just there's no level of blame taken at all it's like you just need to and there's all these rumors that he's gonna have this like explosive response and it's like it's just Who so cares? no, I know, but it's just so well, I care because it's like sad. I know I shouldn't care anymore, but it is sad to watch somebody just continue to crumble. Just shut up. Just <laughs> stop talking. It is you. Yeah. It's your fault, man. <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. 
It is your fault, okay? I don't care what the rumors are, what anybody said. I know I'm not there. Fuck me. I'm a mark, right? You have a problem. You need to address it. You were wrong. And please, as a fan, stop. Just stop. Just stop talking. No more pipe bombs. You're not that guy anymore. You were wrong. Just take a second to be like, what did I do in this situation? Maybe this isn't healthy for me. Maybe it's not good to even continue to engage because I can tell you, as somebody who was watching that show, I have never seen a promotion more tailor-made for somebody. John Cena in WWE wasn't in as comfortable a spot as you were. So, like, my friend, you just have to stop. You won't. I don't have a lot of faith that you will. I know that you think that that's the other thing is you got to evolve, right? You have to evolve in life and in this business. I have not seen the evolution from you. I know you were gone for a long time. You're not the guy that does the pipe bombs anymore. Not in the same way. So if you continue to do this stuff, I have to tell you things that I've seen looking at the all out media scrum, you know, comments right on YouTube because I couldn't help myself. Right. Most people are very happy. They're very excited. Uh, Brian Danielson putting people over, right? And somebody's just like, you know, Brian Danielson, what a guy. He's a great guy. He's a locker room leader, you know? He's putting people over. He's admitting his own faults. He can be self-deprecating, you know? And so, you know, he says all that stuff, right? And so there's com- a comment that's like, you know, honestly, I hate to say it, he's the opposite of punk, right? Maybe a cheap shot, whatever. We don't need this right now. But comments uh, underneath that, replying to that, are the most delusional, grasping at straws, Trump supporty, QAnon type things I've ever seen. It is just like just conspiracy theories wrapped in conspiracy theories. These are the people that are continuing to support you through the second incident. The first one, ambiguity, right? Some of us stuck by you to a degree, you know? Now it's just the dregs that are sticking by you. And it's like, these. this is not, not only do you not really probably want to be associated, right? You're not helping them because you're helping build this narrative where you can believe your own bullshit and work yourself into a shoot and continue to like, it's just not a healthy thing. Like we talked about with Luna, it's not healthy. And, you know, just not doing like drinking or doing drugs is not enough. Like, you know, I mean, there's being straight edge is not necessarily enough to like, be, like there's other things going on. It's good, maybe. Probably for the best that you don't drink, I would say. Um, but I don't know. There's just a lot going on with it. I do want to say I'm very proud of the Chicago crowd, especially at All Out, uh, because they were great. And it was like, it was a wonderful show. It was one of the best shows I've ever done. <clears throat> and they were just so happy and excited. They played along the whole time. And they just like, I think there were very few people still boo the Young Bucks because, you know, I think people just like giving the Young Bucks shit. Um, But like Kenny Omega, Hangman was, you know, he opened up the show and he was like beloved. So, you know, they're not, I think most people are ready to just move on. I think after the first one, like I said, there was a lot of ambiguity and people were like, maybe, you know, there was Mm -hmm. some side picking. And in this one, I think everybody was just like, you know what? It went the way it needed to go. I loved CM Punk. Still do in some ways. Still wanted him real to, to you. you. Know, still real to me, damn it. Um, I, I just but he's say just a spoke on the wheel, and yeah. I understand that. You know, and he, I just, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to be like, yeah. you know, we all, it's sad 
that this worked out this way, but I'm excited. I'm relieved. I mostly feel a deep sense of relief. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about this anymore. We can just move forward. Everybody on that show absolutely killed it. And it was like, we're all moving forward and we're, we're just getting back to it, you know? Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I really appreciate you yelling at CM Punk into the camera because we record this in our apartment and um, I can almost guarantee you at least one of our neighbors now thinks that I've tanked my professional wrestling career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, man. Is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She really she worked herself into a shoe. She she did. Oh, my God. Uh, the landlord's going to call us and be uh, like, we heard you worked yourself into a shoe. Yeah, we heard that uh, Anne created some kind of situation because she's got some kind of mental problem. Yeah. Uh, Maybe anyway. that was, you know, I'm just saying, please... Just look inward and address some issues. I don't, you know. Okay. I, well, um, we should move on because. Um, it was. Oops or we shoot. should wrap up. I should say. Yeah, I mean, do we want to run through a quick couple of awards? Uh, um. Yeah, we can do that. Just to make so we don't end on that. Sure. Okay. So promo of the week. Promo of the week. I said John Moxley on Collision. The guy is an absolute leader. He has stepped up in every. John Moxley is really everything that CM Punk said he wanted to be, uh, and he put. Um, Orange Cassidy over so hard in this promo and it was such a great thing and it was on collision. Uh, so now there's not going to, you know, there's no, nobody's banned from anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. And Orange Cassidy's was as well, but the mox is just like, I mean, psh, God. Yeah. Perfect. So my promo of the week is going to be Stokely Hathaway's running bit with Samoa Joe love, love because it. he's doing this thing with Samoa Joe right now where he pretends to be Samoa Joe's friend and Samoa Joe like makes fun of him yeah. and like totally dunks on him to his face. Mm-hmm. Chris Statlander got involved in some of the videos they made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just great. really fun. I love Stokely Hathaway. I want him back on TV. Someone had a sign. I know. Someone had a sign a, a couple weeks ago, I think, at one of the shows that was like, I miss Stokely on TV, and yeah. I couldn't have agreed more. He's been I on ROH, him. I think, and that's where I the know, Joe thing is. I know, but it's not now. the same. He's also really good at doing these silly tweets, like when CM Punk drama happens. <laughs> yeah. So he just, like, undercuts the whole thing, and it's well, great. Well, he, he's part of that, like, like he came up with MJF and them, yeah. too, and I feel like he's very much part of that. I mean, he did, like, WWE stuff, obviously, but, like, yeah, um, he, he did some indie stuff with MJF and them, and I, and and obviously Joe, and I think he just knows how to work. Like, he, yeah, just, he, just, he knows, he understands the assignment, and he delivers. And I mean, th- MJF looked like a consummate professional this entire time. It's yeah. also great that MJF never once mentioned the real world championship thing and oh, just no. t- was the biggest draw it was, without it you know because that's what's amazing is that mjf i never worry about mjf not understanding that something's beneath him yeah like mjf most everything is beneath him so he will just not acknowledge things unless it like works in his favor to acknowledge yeah, or unless it. he can be an asshole about it yeah unless and he can like, be really funny about it i mean he was tweeting about one piece that was great it was great you know that was a perfect heel tweet it was great um, um okay match of the week match of the week i mean you could have picked any number of things i tried to pick all of all in and all out but uh i will say this is hard and you know it's almost too hard but i'll say brian danielson versus ricky starks in that strap match because of just First of all, it was a great match, uh, and the way that Brian Danielson put over Ricky Starks in the like the post show scrum and all this stuff, and the ending that they did and everything, and it's just like the curveball because that's supposed to be Ricky Starks versus CM Punk, mm-hmm. you know, and they just they made it work so well, and everybody and not just and they didn't just bail on you know the the story of it and do like a shoot, they acknowledged the situation, but they st- was still like Brian Danielson defending Ricky Steamboat, and it was just. They just made it work, you know? And Ricky Steamboat was great in this, too. He was good on commentary. The little bit of physicality he did, he looked great. 
you know um and it just delivered so well and i was very proud of ricky yeah. starks that was a good um, match i enjoyed it and and also just you know all all out in general all in was a fantastic show and all out was like just so it's such a beautiful show to see because it was just everybody was yeah both it. those shows were great yeah the only note just book some women's matches man just like i mean just a okay. couple you know well, that's mean? a good segue to my match of the week um which is actually my match of two weeks ago uh i really enjoyed trinity versus diana perrazzo that was great. Uh, and that was I on the Impact pay-per-view. I think it's Emergence is what it's called. I think so. Yeah. And it was last it was last Sunday. It was after uh All In. Yeah. Um but I watched it and it was a really fantastic match. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like I called you in to watch some of it. I know, it, it was great. Uh, because it was so they they just it was very hard hitting in a way. And and I want to say this, like I was really excited for um the Rhea match at Payback. Mhm. Um, Payback. Payback because What's her name? Michelle. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. No, it's not. No, I like literally. From, uh, I'm blanking. The lady from. Um, no, I know. I'm blanking. But it's that Raquel Rodriguez. Thank you. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> I literally almost said Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, uh, See, that would have been a great match. That would have been a great boy if they could land her. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, I was excited for that match because I think I thought that match would be more like Trinity versus Deanna. Yeah. Because I saw these two like you know, big athletic yeah. women. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be a really hard hitting crazy match. But that match was like weirdly slow. Yeah. And it didn't, it felt like something was just not clicking. Yeah. And it was like Rhea Ripley was kind of working like a, like little shitty heel. Yeah. Yeah. Than, yeah. yeah. Know, not like, just, and uh, we, uh, Rhea Ripley, I think is a phenomenal talent all around. She's a mega star. Yeah. And they need to push but her they to the didn't, moon. They just didn't they just, do a lot yeah. and it just felt a little slow and yeah. underwhelming. Um, but like the Trinity Diana match, I think is what I was expecting from that match with like two women who were yeah. just really, they're really going for it. There were a couple spots that I knew like the, it, they worked with like the camera angle to make it look more brutal than it was. Yeah. And I thought that was really fantastic and a testament to their, their talent. Now I do want to say since that was two weeks ago and I want to give more ladies some shine, um, I wanted I to pick a sports entertainment match of the week. Mm-hmm. And for that, I will pick Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus from Payback, which was a very fantastic match. It was great. Um, Trish some- is just like, I, it's crazy that she's just so seamlessly fitting in and like, Oh yeah. You know, I mean, she's just absolutely killing it. You yeah. know, goes to show you. Um, I mean, I know you've talked about how like she's from an era when women didn't get as many chances. And so now she's kind of, it's kind of making up for that. But yeah. like, it just goes to show you what that era missed out on, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, see, this is what happens when you don't give women chances. Women like Trish Stratus have to wait till they're almost 50 to give these kinds yeah, of matches. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> to be able to perform. And it's, we're just and lucky that she still can. Not that, that's yeah. a, not that she's that old, I mean, but it's like, you know, it is harder in your late 40s to yeah. be like, you know, a top-level athlete. You know, it's just like... But that's why it's um, good to have accountability backstage. Yeah, so that people don't just get cut out of the business for petty, stupid reasons. Yeah, and I do, well, do want to say, like, Payback was one of the most aggressively WWE shows I've watched. And I think they've been having a good year on pay-per-view. I, I really only watched the the, the PLEs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been mostly really good. But, you know, that show was very, like, there was, nothing was bad. It just was, like, very, this is a WWE show. But that Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus match, Seek It Out, that was fantastic. And the tag team title match was also great. And seek out um, Trinity and Deanna. It's on. Yeah, oh yeah, actually, yeah, that as well. Yeah. This, this pay per view also, if seek you're out like impact in general, if you look at a AEW pay per view that's fifty dollars and you go, oh, I don't know, the 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 impact pay per view is nine ninety nine. Yeah. 
So just go buy it on Fight Plus. It's great. And like every couple, like a couple, every couple months they do one that's like thirty. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's also still worth it. Impact is great, and Impact is also a great destination for women's wrestling. It is because they feature women's stories. Yeah. Across the board, the multiple women's stories running, they'll have multiple women's matches. It never feels like the men's roster is getting slighted in any way. You know what I mean? And no. uh, it's just like, you know, if that's anybody's fear holding them back from booking women's matches. And then, like, they also are the only major promotion. I mean, GCW does it too, but the only major promotion, like, on kind of regular television that does intergender matches. Yeah. And, like, anybody can wrestle anybody. And it's great. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see more of that. Um, okay, so yeah, outfit of the week. I said Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because they had basically in full-on hockey uniforms, uh, like, and they had them like hidden behind. They like went behind a table and came out. Oh yeah, they popped up full, was, the full pop jerseys up was good. and pads yeah. and sticks, and it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I I picked Rhea Ripley because even though her mm-hmm. match was a little underwhelming for me, she had a great look at Payback. It was very back to basics, back to what mm-hmm. we love from yeah. her, like the black studded leather. Um, and she just always looks so freaking cool. And yeah. I mean, she's growing her hair out a little more. I liked the shaved sides, but you know what? I'll let her do what she wants to do. She's getting married. So like maybe she wants to grow out yeah. her hair a little bit, but you know, I, she looks great. You look great, babe. You look great. That's um, great. And let's do nerd fantasy booking. Yeah. Do you want me to do, which one do you want to do first? I want to do yours first. My nerd fantasy booking is that. Uh, CM Punk gets counseling and uh, tries to address his issues and stops just burning every bridge in his life. Okay. Uh, and then maybe not even necessarily comes back to wrestling, but just finds peace. Okay. Mine is, and I don't actually want this to happen. I think I wrote this before all of this happened. In mm-hmm. fact, I know I wrote this down before all of this happened. Um, but if, MJF were to go to WWE in 2024 in the bidding war of 2024. 2024. I think it would be incredibly funny if he came into WWE but was only willing to wrestle the women mm-hmm. because the women are so much cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not because he thinks they're weaker, but because he's just not impressed with like Austin Theory. Yeah. Like I think that would be a very funny angle for him. God. To only be afraid of like Rhea and Becky and yeah. like EO and like <laughs> like the old these are the only people he fears mm-hmm. and these are also the titles he wants. Because yeah. also I think that's a great heel thing to mm-hmm. be like, I don't want that title. I don't want the title Austin Theory has held. Yeah. Ugh, who cares? Ugh, that was exactly what he I say. want the title Rhea's got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like just a weird uh shitty angle. I think that'd be really funny. Yeah, um, absolutely. And also it would be Hilarious. It would be fun to see him work with those people. It would be different, you know? Uh, MJF versus Bailey. Let's do it. God, that would be great. God, it'd be so funny. Oh, they'd be so fantastic. Anyway, sorry. Okay, that was my... uh, I also want to say I'm mad about Sunny Kiss getting released. Um, Yeah. And Tony in the... This is the final thing I just want to say. Tony in the scrum did say that they have 100 people on their roster and that that was part of why and i like the stuff with cm punk makes me even angrier when you think about it from that angle well, you're like be, there are a hundred yeah. people on this roster who are some of whom are losing their jobs so that they can afford yep. to pay this dude who had to be talked into opening a pay-per-view the biggest show of all time <laughs> the biggest show he had to be and talked so like, into it if you can't be a professional adult in that moment when are you able to focus up yeah you know what i mean even if you're like jack perry shouldn't have said that shit like it was probably dumb on his part to do that. 
he's very young and it's like you can just talk about it later. And you know Sunny, what I mean? Sunny can do the splits on the ropes. On the Sunny, ropes. Sunny can do a back handspring into a full hand slap. Yeah. I've never seen CM Punk do either of those things. I'd like Sunny Kiss to go to GCW, I think. I think that would be a very That would be cool. a great environment, I think for Sunny. It, you like I mean, the GCW crowd is like the progressive ECW crowd. Yeah. Um and it's like I think Sunny Kiss would, anyway. would do well there. Um, that's a bummer I'm upset about it and and they better bring Sunny back otherwise I'm be mad okay yeah. all right Maybe that's sun, all yeah. the time we have okay bye, bye everybody, everybody.